Hi, this is Rochelle Tayag Ramirez for De La Vie Rose podcast, all things coaching, travel, and urbanism. Today, I am in 103 Irving Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Actually, this is a virtual background, as you can tell, of Julia Child's kitchen, famous kitchen. Um, I thought that I would talk about this great woman and um, the effects she had on my life. And of course, the United States and all women all around that love cooking. So let's start with Julia Charles in Cambridge. Uh, she It made me think of her when I started watching Julia on HBO. And there was this one particular episode, I believe it's the last episode on season one, where Julia meets B.D. Friedman. Friedman. B.D. Friedman is the author of The Feminine Mystique. She, of course, was an ideologue who believed the equality of women, yay, um, but also the advancement of women in the workplace and in society. So Julie Child was excited to meet her. Uh, he, she read, she has, she bought her book, but she hasn't read it because she's been so busy. And, you know, she says, Hey, I admire you. I haven't read your book, but just want you to know that, uh, I, I admire all the work you've done and the advancement of women's cause. And Betty turns around and says, well, I think your work is, uh, is detrimental to women. Uh, and my work in trying to advance their cause in in society. And Julia was devastated. Soon after, you know, she was in this, the setting was that she, it was a PBS uh, award or a gala in New York City at the Park Plaza. Yeah, Park Plaza. And um, she was being honored in pushing you know, public television, the Ford front and getting it popular, getting it watched through her, you know, cooking show. Um, but after Betty's uh, statement, she was devastated and she thought, oh, you know, am I detracting women? Am I leading them on to a cause where they have to slave away in the kitchen? And, you know, she almost canceled her show because of it. Um, but then after some encouragement from others and those that love her and pointed it out to her, look, you're doing what you can and you're doing it joyously and you're giving lots of people who you grace in their living room a chance to go to France and to dream and also to create something, you know, in their homes, to create great food, great meals that, you know, people will have the pleasure of sitting down and sharing it with others. And I thought, that's right. You know, how awful that another woman would put another woman down for her work. And um, because it didn't fit her ideology. Okay, I respect baby Frieden's, Frieden's work. I do. Um, but that was uncalled for to me. If I was Julia's coach, I would say the same things that those that love her. Hey, does this give you joy? This cooking in front of, you know, a, uh, a lot of people, you know, give you joy? Does it 
uh, fulfill you? And does it, you know, does it, is it something that you have inside that you want to share the world? And if the answer is yes, then go for it, do it. And you are making an effect in women's lives and not just women, but families and individuals because other chefs were inspired by her. Then of course, you know, the different things that happened afterwards. So to me, you know, if something gives you joy, it gives you pleasure, you, um, you affect society in a positive, joyful way, then do it, do it. It's not going to be easy. I mean, Julia didn't have an easy time. She studied, she was meticulous about it. But, you know, she made a decision again about making choices in life. She could have just sat home. She and her husband were retired. They could have just sat back. But she had this need to share. Um, and she had this need to, to give others a chance to experience what she experienced joyously when she was living in France. And she brought it home in the United States and sharing it. It's about sharing. It's about connecting with others. And to me, that's fantastic. So if you can give joy to others, why not, right? Why not? And so in the backdrop of that, you have to remember that, you know, being in France, both France, Paris, and Cambridge are both very intellectual city. Um, Cambridge is, of course, smaller. It's right next to Boston, very historical. So Boston, Cambridge, historical cities, and juxtapose that with Paris, historical city. You know, you you live in, and then the weather, uh, well, it gets colder in, in Boston than in Paris, but you think of ways to keep yourself busy, you know, cooking, reading books, writing. And when Julia Child was in Paris and her husband was working at the embassy, she needed something to do. She wanted something to do. And she saw the great food all around her. And it, you know, she fell in love with it. She fell in love with food. So she decided to take a next step, which was, I'm going to go learn how to cook, learn how to cook. And at that time, all the people who went to learn to cook at the Cordon Bleu or any academy, cooking academy, were mostly men because men were chefs. They're the ones who would command the kitchen in the public sphere, in the restaurants. So she was cooking alongside men. She didn't mind. She was like, I'm there. Um, and she learned, and you know, it jived with her personality because she was passionate about it. She was interested. She was curious. She made a decision. She wasn't discouraged, even though she could have been discouraged in so many other ways. People were putting her down, especially, you know, she was the only woman there. She was an American. The, there was the language barrier, the cultural barrier, but she pushed through. And that's the thing. When we make a decision, we should push through and work as hard as we can to get that goal you know, and we learn from it. And then we share it to the world, right? We share it to the world. We don't think about um, others' beliefs. Others' beliefs, yes, they can bog us down. And it's fine to sit there and to let it, you know, fester in us, let us think. But 
we have to get out of it. We have to get out of it or else we're going to be in a rut. We're going to be in a pool of negativity that will drain us, that will hold us back. And we can't let that happen. We mustn't let that happen because you have something in you that you you want to share to the world, right? You want to share that smile. You want to share that joy. You want to share that lessons that you've learned and that, you know, that you want to give to society. Um, and that contributes to the collective consciousness. Uh, I mean, yes, the other day I talked about the collective unconsciousness. And that collective unconsciousness can be the negativity or the positive or the yearnings and longings with Julia Child. She tapped into this collective unconscious of there were people out there that actually wanted to learn how to cook, to wanted to experiment, but they were afraid. And here she is. She stepped up into the camera. Um, things were falling apart at certain ways. You know, she dropped the chicken, picked it up. She's like, well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, nobody's watching. You're the only one watching. That's okay. Just wash it off and keep moving. Right? That's a great illustration. Just keep moving. Keep moving. And um, in those shows, it seems so effortless. But behind the scene, there were... Uh, hours and hours of preparation. She was very meticulous with the help of her husband, Paul. They meticulously knew and tried each recipe before she went in there and demonstrated it. And then in the camera and the scenes behind the producers, you know, they had to figure out ways that they can capture uh, the camera so that they could see how she cooks things. And then there was the trick in the mirror um, I didn't even know about this until I saw the series where, you know, to see what's going on in the bowl, they had to put a mirror in the ceiling so that you could see how she whisked things. And, you know, it looks so effortless. It looks so fun. And of course, when you try these recipes at home, you're going to have, you know, tried and failed, tried and failed. But the point is you tried and you keep going um, you might not get it the first time, you might not get it the second time, but you keep trying. And then eventually, whatever product comes out, you're going to be an expert in it, and you're going to taste it, it's going to be delicious. Um, but that's the way our lives are, right? We try and then we fail, we try and fail, we learn from those lessons, we just keep going. So... Fortunately for her, she was in an environment, well, she chose those environments, so she chose to retire in Cambridge. Uh, and she, well, the post in Paris was that her husband was posted there. And she chose to do something that interested her, that she was curious about. And she kept going at it. And then she was so curious and so in love with cooking that at that time, you know, she said, hey, why don't we bring this back to America? Let's write a cookbook. She wrote a book with um, Simka, and I forgot the other lady's name, The Joy of Cooking. The, the So, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not the title of the book. The Art of French Cooking. The Art of French Cooking. The Joy of Cooking is a different one. And then, yeah, there were the point was that she kept doing it. I mean, it took her years to finish her book, The Art of French Cooking. And then she, she was promoting it in Cambridge. They came to Cambridge a very solemn intellectual place and she plowed through that but she you know that's the thing right you you learn the lessons from before to your current situation and you keep going 
you keep going, you don't stew in the negativity, you don't stew in the obstacles, you learn from the obstacles and you move on. So if you have a chance to go, of course, I spoke a little bit about Paris, but if you have a chance to go to Cambridge and to Boston, please do. It's a small, uh, small medium-sized city that feels like a town, feels like everybody knows you and that song from Cheers, everybody knows your name. And it's, it's just, um, it seems cold, just like Paris seems cold, but once you get to know the people, they will welcome you. I mean, there's the North End. There's just so many different neighborhoods also that you could explore in Boston. It can become overwhelming with its history, its intellectual um, uh, atmosphere with two of the top schools in the world, Harvard and, and MIT being there. But, you know, you, you take that energy you bring it on to yourself and, it, you know, you get that to be an inspiration for you in moving forward in your goals and saying, you know, if that can be done, I can do it. Um, so I highly recommend it. Going to Boston, you'll have Beacon Hill and then Beacon Hill. After Beacon Hill, there's Back Bay, which is a landfill that used to be water. They decided to fill that. Boston really was the north end and the North End and Beacon Hill. Um, and then of course you had the Boston Common where if you have a cow, you could bring it and they are still allowed to eat grass on Boston Garden, the Boston Common, sorry, the Boston Common. They still have that law where you, they allow cows to eat the grass and that's the oldest public park in the United States. And then you have the oldest library in the United States, which is the Boston Public Library. Um, then you have the first public school in the United States. It's in Boston. Then Cambridge has the oldest university, American university, which is Harvard University. Again, started by, uh, it was an extension of the Cambridge University in England. Then it became its own school with the endowment from John Harvard. And that's how it started. Some of the great thinkers come from there, American thinkers. So there's so much in Boston and in Cambridge. And in Cambridge, you walk around, you could feel it. You could feel with the students passing by, everybody in the bookstore. We still have lots of bookstores there in, in Cambridge. Uh, the cafes, uh, the parks along there, very nice. And of course, the water, you have to be on the Charles the river that that separates Boston and Cambridge. Just like the water with the Seine in Paris is very important to the city, Charles River is very important to Boston and in Cambridge. So in going back, you know, let things flow. Bring your negativity, put it in that river, let it flow. You know, take it in, take a deep breath. Always remember to... Take the deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. Remember to take a walk, let things clear out, and just be at peace. Learn to take time for yourself. Learn to stew in some of the criticism, 
but then plan how to combat that, you know, in your mind. Because to get over that, it's really for yourself and for others around you, because they would love to have you share the lessons that you have waiting inside of you. You are loved. You are treasured. Just know that. Thank you for listening. This is Rochelle Tayeg Ramirez for De La Vie Rose podcast. Please visit me on DeLaVieRose.com, D-E-L-A-V-I-E-R-O-S-E.com. And there, if you need, you know, if you want to talk to me further, you can sign up for my coaching. I have different plans. Reach out to me, as well as I'm having a Paris Luxury Ladies Retreat, October 8th to the 13th. Please join me. We will be staying at Le Demure Montaigne, which is five minutes away from the Champs-Élysées, five minutes away from the Dior, the new Dior Institute or gallery, um, walking distance of the Arc de Triomphe, walking distance to the Tour Eiffel, uh, so, so many much, so much more, and actually walking distance to the sun too. So please join me. It will be meditative, fun, relaxing, and great company with like-minded ladies. Thank you so much. Goodbye, and be good, be kind. <laughs>